as we gather around the written word and listen to the spoken word. May we meet with the living word, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, as many of you will know, this spring uh, we're exploring together ways in which we can put our, our value as a church of loving God into practice. And we're doing that by exploring dis- different ways of, of deepening our intimacy with God and thinking about ways in which we can express our love for God. Uh, and last week, Ellie began our series by helping us to think about how we spend our time uh, and about how spending time with God can grow our love for God. Uh, if you weren't here, you can catch up with it on our Facebook or YouTube or on the podcast. So last week we were thinking more about how we spend our time, how we spend time with God. Uh, this week we're thinking about loving God with our actions, with what we do. And, and there are two sentences from our Bible readings which for me uh, really sum up what we're looking at this, this morning. So from, from what Andrew read for us from Psalm 37 verse, seven, or verse 3 we read this. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then uh, Karen read for us from, from Luke's account of Jesus' life, Luke 6, 46, and we read this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? What we do matters. What we do reveals a lot about what we think, or what we believe, or what we feel about God. Uh, It seems to me that this is kind of pretty self-evident in our relationships with each other, with other people. Um, Just thinking back to last week, Ellie, she used that illustration, didn't she, Um, of of a pen friend that she'd written to as a teenager uh, and how the time that she'd given to doing that, to writing those letters and reading them, had really strengthened that relationship. And then as priorities changed, as she got older and she she didn't put as much time into it, that relationship um, reduced a bit. And and Ellie was encouraging us to think about how we choose to spend time with and on those we love so that we can grow closer and what that says about how we spend time with God. But I'd like to suggest that actually our choices about what we do, our choices about our actions, have a similar impact. Let's just, just think about it for a minute. We might do things around the house to show our love for those we live with. Not necessarily romantic things, but emptying the dishwasher, doing the ironing, helping with the cleaning, mending the car, whatever it might be, whatever our thing is, the stuff we do around the house shows the love for those we live with. Um, we might choose to do something with someone we love, even we're not, if we're not that keen on it, because we love them. I was talking to a friend this week, Uh, She'd spent, I think, probably a couple of hours, one evening, freezing, watching her son at football practice. She does not love standing in the cold, but she does love her son. Sometimes we do things with someone we love because we love doing them together. There's all kinds of ways in which our actions, what we do, can communicate and deepen our love for those around us you'll be able to think of other examples. And it's the same with our relationship with God. What we do matters. Before we go too much further on that this morning, though, I do want to put a couple of health warnings in place. The first is this. We don't earn 
God's love or affection or positive regard with what we do. God already loves us, looks at us with joy and rejoices over us as God's children. We don't have to earn our way into God's good books. We don't have to earn God's favour. In fact, we can't. We're not capable of it, but we don't have to because God's already done it. We don't have to build up a credit score with God. We don't do lots of good things or try and avoid bad things, either to balance out the bad things or to try and build us up a buffer just in case we do some bad things in the future and we've got some good ticks in the boxes with God so we've earned ourselves a bit of something else. Karma is not a Christian concept. It has no place in a Christian worldview. Grace is what is central to the Christian understanding of relationships and God. God's grace is freely given. When we come to share in communion later, we will remember Jesus' death and resurrection. It's that perfect expression of God's love for us, God's action on our behalf, that brings us into God's family. Nothing we can do will make God love us any more, and nothing we can do makes God, will make God love us less. That's the first health warning. That actually, this is not about building a credit store. This is not about earning God's favour. Because God's already done all that and loves us. And the second health warning is to do with usefulness. God does not love us because we are useful. God does not use us. God loves us. And the thing is, you see, sometimes when we're talking about the active things and active responses to God's love for us, particularly when we're talking about expressing our love for God in what we do, those of us who can't do those things can end up feeling condemned or guilty. I want to be really clear about this. What we do is an expression of our love for God, but it's not the only one. Not even the best one, necessary. That's why we're having this whole series looking at different ways in which we can express our love for God and deepen our intimacy with God. So, it might be that as a result of what we say this morning, how we're praying, the various things we're doing in our service, that you feel challenged or convicted by the Holy Spirit to do things differently. That's great. You might feel sad or grieved that you can't do the things you used to do or that you'd like to do with or for God. That might be something you want to pray or talk about with someone. Just reiterate, though, that there is no place for condemnation or feelings of worthlessness or uselessness because those feelings are not from God. And when they do start coming, we can bring them to God and choose to hear God's word over us that we are beloved children. Sometimes, I know, it can be hard to hold on to that truth on our own. We might need other folk around us to help us remember that. You might want to pray with someone about it. So, with those health warnings that we don't earn God's love, and God isn't going to love us more or less, depending on how useful we are, let's have an explore of what what it means to love God in our actions. And actually, the first thing I want to do is to begin it by um, putting into practice another of our values, one of our other values we have, is celebrating, isn't it? Yes, Tim. Yeah, we all knew that, didn't we? (laughs) 
You see, one of the things I love about All Saints is, well, most of the time I love it. Sometimes it's really difficult to keep track of everything, but where mostly I love it. It's a practical way in which people show love for each other and in acts of service show love for God. Um, occasionally, people will say to me, oh, I don't know that All Saints does enough in the community. We could, we could do more to reach out and do things in the community, you know. And, and when I go and have a conversation with them about it and really explore what they mean, usually what it means is we don't have like this big marquee project that is the All Saints project. So like some churches have a big food bank that they run and they look after and they sort and everybody's involved with it. We don't... And that's true. We don't have a big project like that that we all get stuck into. What we do have is lots of things, many of them outside of the church, which lots of different people are involved with. It's harder to see sometimes. I'm, I'm really privileged because I, I get a bit of an overview. I get to see quite a lot of that stuff. But because it's not a big one thing, it's not quite as obvious. It can be quite difficult to point and say, that is what all saints are doing. But actually, I, personally, I'm happy to be challenged on this, I think it has a probably has a more of a positive impact across the community because I see so many people doing so much stuff in church, out of church, in their lives that if you put it all together, I think you probably get more than if we had one project that everybody bought into. I don't know. Anyway, I just want to celebrate some of those things this morning. And I know that I'm going to miss some out. Some out. So if I miss something out that you're involved in, I'm really sorry. Um, so there's just so much. There's, there's folk from this church who are governors in schools, trustees and treasurers of charities, using wisdom and experience to lead and to serve organisations that work for the flourishing of people in communities. There are folk who do practical things, uh, the gardening and the decorating, the cleaning teams who keep, keep this building, the parish centre, in good nick. Most of us would if we're honest, only really notice those things if they weren't done, eventually. But they are, week by week, faithfully, so much that we don't even notice it happening. There's all the pastoral visiting and taking communion to folk that goes on, going to see people who can't get to church anymore. Some of that's organised, some of it's not. Some of it's just looking, after, looking out for neighbours doing a bit of shopping, taking people Sunday lunches. There's folk who volunteer down at the hospice and the hospitals. There's CAP and there's Orbit. There's Oasis and there's Toddlers. There's the Midsummer Fair. There's Musical Memories events. There's Pathfinder Clubs. There's children's groups. <sighs> I could go on. I've got three action group meetings this week. The last one was last week. These are the action groups who help us keep track and organise all the different things that we're involved in. That's just the church stuff. And then there's the stuff that you guys just get on with. See, honestly, as a community, it feels to me that we do put into practice that element from our, our vision image of Bethany, of Martha, faithfully serving. And it seems to me that as we do that, that, the water of the Holy Spirit that we've been thinking about a bit recently flows in and through us to others. And I think there is a lot to celebrate there. And, and if anything I've talked about this morning or mentioned, you think, oh, actually, I might be quite interested in being involved in that. Come and talk to me. I can put you in touch. Pretty much whatever you want to get involved in, I've got someone I can put you in touch with because all saints folk are involved in so much.
But the other bit of this I wanted us to think about a bit this morning is that it's... I've been talking a lot about extra things, and it's not all about doing extra things. It's also, I think, about how we do what we're doing anyway. Just, just bear with me a minute. In his letter to the Christians in Corinth, Paul wrote this. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And then in his letter to those in Colossae, he wrote this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. It seems to me these, these verses and the tradition in Scripture that they, they summarise destroys a false barrier that we can have in our thinking between special things we do for God and the ordinary things we do in our normal life. Now, honestly, I, I think the gathering together on a Sunday to encourage each other and to learn together and worship together, it's really good. And it can equip us for life. But sometimes I wonder if it does reinforce that. The kind of, we have the Sunday things... And then we have the rest of our lives. We have the special things we do for God and the, the normal life. And I think that is that's a false barrier. That actually, that's not always helpful. Actually, we can integrate those things. Um, there's a, there was a 17th century monk called Brother Lawrence. And he thought about this a lot. And he wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. Uh, it's worth looking at a translation, probably a modern translation, um, if you can. But he, he really thought about and wrote about the way in which God is encountered in the ordinary actions, the ordinary everyday things we do in life, if we're deliberate and intentional about offering them to God and looking to see God in them. Uh, more recently... Uh, Ali Stibbe reworked some of these ideas, particularly focused on, on what it was like to be a mum and have young children. And when, they're, when you're mum with young children, trying, trying to find time for a quiet time. Yeah, I can hear the giggles. <laughs> and she wrote this book called Barefoot in the Kitchen, reworking some of these ideas and thinking about, okay, as a mum, I'm really struggling to carve out time or to work out what I can do for God. God, I've got no energy. I'm bringing up two young children. But what does it mean to offer what I do already to God and encounter God in the everyday, barefoot in the kitchen? In his first letter, John writes this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us. You see, all our love for God... And the ways in which we express it are reciprocal. We love God back in the way that God loves us. Uh, earlier on, we thought a bit about the way in which we see God's love for us in the actions of Jesus on the cross, which we remember in communion and at Easter. But we've just had Christmas, where we celebrated the incarnation. God coming to live as one of us, among us. That's what Jesus did. 
became human. Um, And before his public ministry began, before he got anywhere near the cross, I believe that Jesus' daily life as a jobbing carpenter was offered in love. Whatever our normal days are, I believe we can offer the task of each day to God in love and deepen our awareness of God's presence with us as we do them. That's, that's one of the aspects of what it means to, to, to soak in the living water and take it out into our daily lives. Expressing our love for God in our actions, it's not, it's not all about doing extra things for God. Those are great. But it's also about doing the things we already do for God and with an awareness of God's presence. So we might want to take that into this week and think as we go to work, as we go to school, as we meet with friends, whatever we're doing, as we're around the house, how can I offer what I'm doing now, today, to God? And if you find yourself doing things which you can't imagine a way in which you can offer them to God, that might be a prompt from the Holy Spirit for us to consider whether we ought to be doing them. But our love for God goes beyond our words and our thoughts. It's to inform and drive our actions. Because expressing love for God is a driving force between our acts of service and our everyday actions in life. And I believe that as we do that, as we do what we do in the love of God, we experience God's love flowing through us to others. Amen. We're going to have an opportunity now to respond and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work in our hearts as we have some music together. If you're comfortable to do so, would you stand?